Before we get started with today's podcast, do me a favor, follow me on any social media platform of your choosing, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or TikTok, at FFVulture on all platforms. We're going to get some exclusive content. We can interact one-on-one, and I'm really excited for what my social media plan is for the year. You don't want to miss it. You know what this is. You know what this means. When the choir is on, we are live. Welcome to week two of the NFL fantasy football season. I, of course, am your host, Mike Kyle, AKA the Fantasy Vulture. I have over a decade worth of fantasy football experience and I've continuously competed for fantasy championships over the course of the past seven seasons. Let's make it eight in 2021. But enough of me, I'm here for you. That is right. We are going to kick off our week two coverage, breaking down all of your start sit decisions, your game previews, anything in between. And without further ado, let's just dive right in. But before we go any further, actually, I'm not gonna ask you to hit the subscribe button, even though you probably fucking should if you wanna win your league, or hit the like button, because you're gonna like this video anyway, so you might as well hit it now instead i'm going to ask you to go into the description below once you're done watching this video and click the join facebook group button it's going to be the place of our community where you can interact with other people who watch the channel gain some more exclusive fantasy football knowledge i'm going to be dropping some golden nuggets over there in the group every single day and we're going to really grow this community to the place that i know it could take it because we are the winning team after all so hop aboard the bandwagon or else you can try and run behind it anyway without further ado let's jump in week two baby so we're going to start off here with the New England Patriots taking on the New York Jets. No injuries to report for either team. And I'll just go through some basic start-sit decisions, maybe talk about week one. We're going to try and fly through these again. I really liked how last week we got through 15 games in about 34 minutes. So let's try and keep up that same pace during week two. Get you in, get you out, and you will be on your merry way to a week two victory. Anyways, back to the game. Patriots at Jets, no injuries to report for either side. And let's just talk about the Jets here real quick. Because if you watch that first game versus Carolina, you know one thing. Holy hell, the Jets are not good. They were not good. Really on defense, they were not great on offense, especially in the first half more than anything. Uh, Zach Wilson kind of got it going loosely there in the second half, but really the talk of the Jets' offense is going to continue to be Corey Davis, who was Zach Wilson's favorite target. Corey Davis had a huge week one. I believe it was 97 receiving yards and two touchdowns on five receptions. He's the only Jets player that I currently feel confident starting whatsoever. I didn't see enough from the run game. In fact, we saw three running backs kind of split that backfield, and none of them were productive. Elijah Moore had some bad drops. Jamison Crowder was just activated off the COVID list. But regardless, until I see it from this team, the only person who I want to start is Corey Davis, and it's probably going to be that way for the foreseeable future. Going to the Patriots now, Mac Jones, to be honest, impressed me a little bit more than I thought he would in that first week one victory over the Miami Dolphins. But... Actually, wait, did they beat the Dolphins? I'm currently drawing a blank. Did they beat the Dolphins? I actually don't remember. Week one feels like a fucking decade ago at this point. Anyways, though, when you're looking at the New England Patriots going forward, I want to talk about the tight ends. Guys, drop them. Drop them. 
just don't do this to yourself because if you're starting Hunter Henry or Jonu Smith week in and week out, you're only going to get half the volume that a tight end should be getting. And then also it's going to be such a headache to where if you start Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry gets in the end zone, you're going to be pissed. If you start Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith is going to get in the end zone, you're going to be pissed. This is a lose-lose situation all the way around. Please drop these tight ends and pick somebody else up. If you need any suggestions on who to pick up, be sure to tweet me at FFVulture. Ironically enough, it's on the screen right now, and I will hook you up. Also, starts here. For the Patriots, Damian Harris feels like an auto start kind of every single week, especially the flex play. I don't think you would ever really have to start him as a running back too, at least not until this point. Maybe you've already been bombarded by injuries, which very well could be the case, to be honest. Um, but uh, Damian Harris should be in your lineup pretty much every single week, I think, going forward. He's just going to be a... I kind of foresee him to be like a workhorse in a way. He's not going to get like the full workload, but when you look at what Damian Harris is competing with in that backfield, it's pretty much going to be about, you know, 80 to 75% of the work, and we'll, we'll take that, right? Nelson Aguilar had a great week one as well, and he is the only Patriots pass catcher that I want to start. I just saw enough. They brought him in. They paid him some big money to come in and be this team's number one option, and so he is going to be targeted quite a bit and against a very bad Jets defense, Nelson Aguilar could be in line for a huge week two. Our next game is going, well, that is not what I wanted. I apologize, my apologies for that. Uh, our next game is going to be the Denver Broncos taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. No injuries to report for either side outside of the Jerry Judy injury news, which I covered in my week one recap. I'm just gonna cry again. Anyways, starts for this game, the Broncos, I am on Teddy Bridgewater, I'm on both running back, I'm on Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and Noah Fant. This, we just saw how bad the, ja the Jaguars defense was in week one against a what was supposed to be a terrible Texans team, and the Texans just lit the Jaguars up. And the reason why I'm confident starting Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams in this matchup is simply because we just saw what three running backs did to the Jags, where all three got in the end zone from Houston. And then in terms of the wide receiver core here, Cortland Sutton's pretty much always going to be in her starting lineup for the most part. And then between Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler, I'm more so on the, on the Tim Patrick side of things for now. And that's simply because I've seen it before from him, from Tim Patrick. You remember when Cortland Sutton went out with his injury last year, Tim Patrick was the one who stepped up. It wasn't KJ Hamler, it was Tim Patrick. And I kind of see that taking over again with the absence of Jerry Judy. And since we're on all the Broncos, we're going to throw Teddy Bridgewater in that conversation as well. For the Jags side, DJ Chark, I'm in on. Marvin Jones, I'm in on, like just Trevor Lawrence impressed me enough or just showed enough to me to where I feel confident starting either of those two guys going forward. It's not like I prefer to start them by any means, but it's one of the things where it's like, if you gotta start them, you can do it pretty much with like 70% confidence, I would say. Between James Robinson and Carlos Hyde though, oh my God, I, I don't know if it was the negative game script. I don't know if Urban Meyer hates James Robinson. I really don't know what to make of James Robinson week one. I am sitting him in this matchup. The Denver Broncos defense is really good. And just because we already don't know enough about this James Robinson situation, and then you add that to the fact that they are facing Denver, I don't know how great of a game script this is going to be for Jacksonville. They may very well stall 
in this game on offense. And that's kind of my big concern. If you were listening to me this offseason where I was telling you all to just hammer running backs over and over, you might have a lovely substitution. My substitution is DeAndre Swift. So I hope you went running back early to where you don't feel like your hands are tied behind your back with James Robinson. And then as far as LaVisca Chenault goes, I don't have any interest in starting him. It's kind of the same situation with KJ Hamler. I just need to see it more before I feel comfortable starting, putting him in my starting lineup. Up next, let's go to the Bills and the Dolphins. Uh, no injuries for Buffalo, but Will Fuller is going to miss this game just due to a personal issue. There haven't been any reports on what the personal issue actually is, but it, this is a bummer because you were expecting to draft Will Fuller at his incredibly late ADP, missed him for one game, then he'd be back in your lineup for week two, and unfortunately that just is not the case. For Buffalo, I'm only starting Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. We saw what this backfield was last week with no Zach Moss, who I am not starting. We don't know if he's gonna be active again or if he's gonna be inactive again. We don't know what this running back room is gonna be. Devin Singletary is just not simply good. I think like I feel like that's a fair assessment that we can make about Devin Singletary at this point in the season and in his and in his career, where just Devin Singletary is just not a good NFL running back. He's going to get you the bare minimum of a running back two or running back three production and simply put, you want to try and avoid those guys if you can. And then Cole Beasley, I just don't like this matchup. The Dolphins defense, I think is very underrated. They have a lot of great pieces there. And this game is really just going to revolve in my opinion around Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Going over to the Dolphins though, Miles Gaskin, I think, should be in your lineup. Jalen Waddle could be in your lineup. Devontae Parker, as well as your, as well in your lineup. This, to me, is going to be whatever you thought of the Steelers and Bills game last week. Bring it up like a notch and a half. I feel like that's going to be the kind of game that we get from this one. I don't love the Dolphins offense, but I saw enough from them where it's like, okay, there's some competency here. I still don't love Tua. I'm not comfortable putting him in my starting lineup. And Mike Kosicki's goose egg, he probably should be a start. But if you don't want to, I completely get it. He's somebody who I'm not particularly high on. Not even, not alone, let alone this week, excuse me, but even just overall season. I'm not too high on Kosicki. Waddle showed enough for me where I feel comfortable putting him in my lineup if I had to. Devontae Parker, obviously, with no Will Fuller. And it's actually very funny because I had all three wide receivers as starts for the week because we're just going to get into this scenario that's Pittsburgh Steelers-esque once Will Fuller comes back to where, listen, you got a 33% chance of the wide receiver going off being your guy. And if you want to take that chance and spin the wheel, by all means, go ahead. It just might be rocky during different points of the season. Let's go to our next game. The San Francisco 49ers taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. For the 49ers, we all know the devastating injury that Raheem Mostert suffered in week one, which means Elijah Mitchell is going to be up and active. He should be in, in your starting lineups. We know how, incredible, uh, how incredibly useful running backs are to Kyle Shanahan. Debo Samuel all the way up. George Kittle all the way up. I'm not starting. Trey Sermon, I just don't know how you go from inactive to being fantasy viable the following week. Jimmy G, I'm just off on. And then Brandon Ayuk, we just, what the fuck happened to Ayuk last week? I'm still trying to figure it out. I was fortunate enough to be able to grab him in another league, so I'm really excited about that, but that's going to be more so of a long-term play. With Ayuk, I just, was it the hamstring? Was it this 
I, the, I'm going I'm to call it a locker room culture, for lack of a better term. I don't know. I'm just trying to wait and see with Ayuk now at this point. But Debo Samuel should be in your lineup no matter what, if you got him. Going over to the Eagles, Zach Ertz was battling a calf injury. It was actually a hamstring, if I'm not mistaken. So I apologize about that. He should be ready to go for this game. Starts, though, for Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts in my lineup. Miles Sanders in your lineup. Devonta Smith in your lineup. Jalen Rager in your lineup. Dallas Goddard could be in your lineup as well if you really want to. I just believe in this Eagles offense. Now, between Devonta Smith and Jalen Rager, going to be honest with you, like full transparency, those guys are flex plays. I don't believe that there are guys that you want to start at your wide receiver too, but if you can squeeze them in at the flex, by all means, go ahead and do so. Um, just looking at what Jalen Hurts has done, not only just in week one, but since he really took over the starting job, dating back to last season, like Jalen Hurts just puts up numbers. It is just what he does. Jalen Hurts is a certified baller at the quarterback position, and as a result, you've got to elevate those wide receivers on the Eagles as if they weren't already talented enough already. Up next, let's go to the Rams taking on the Colts in Indy. No injuries to report for either side. And for the Rams, this is just another team where you look at it and we say the magic phrase, start everybody. Stafford, Henderson, Cup, Woods, Higby, all of them in your starting lineup pretty much every single week. I will rarely ever say do not start them because this offense just has too much firepower to have it sit on your bench. That being said, as we look at the Indianapolis Colts, oh my God, do not start anybody unless his name is Jonathan Taylor. Don't start Wentz. I'm not in on Pittman. Unfortunately, I would love to be on Michael Pittman, but I need to see it first. And we saw the bust game that he had last week. Zach Pascal coming off two touchdowns. This Rams defense is incredible. And to be very honest with you, if you start Zach Pascal, that just feels like that you're going to be chasing points and you're probably going to end up being very disappointed this week. That was quick. Let's go to the next game. The Las Vegas Raiders taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers down in the Steel City. And this is a very unfortunate week two news because week two honestly doesn't have a whole lot of injuries. But this was a big one. Josh Jacobs battling a toe and ankle injury has already been ruled out for this game, which means Kenyon Drake is going to be up and in your starting lineup. Should be a running back two option for you this week. Darren Waller also in your lineup. I don't trust Eric Carr in this matchup. I don't trust Brian Edwards, who had a pretty good week one. I'm very curious to know how he performs in week two. And Henry Ruggs, obviously, no, I mean, not even obviously, but very disappointingly had a week one. And just what the fuck is Henry Ruggs' NFL career going to be? Yes, it is only, I believe, it would be what, Ruggs' ninth game, 11th game? Something in that span because he did miss time during his rookie season. I just don't understand what, what the Raiders' plan is for Henry Ruggs in this offense. I think a lot of us are really confused by this. But regardless, Ruggs, Edwards, uh, Zay Jones, Hunter Renfro, just bench your Raiders wide receivers. This is not a favorable, a favorable matchup versus the Steelers' defense. Going over to the Steelers' side of the ball here. Najee Harris still needs to be in your lineup. He saw 100% of the snaps last week in week one. Deontay Johnson, the target machine I'm in on. Chase Claypool, I think, has a really big, big bounce back game in this matchup. But I am not going to be playing Juju Smith-Schuster. And I'm not going to be playing Big Ben. I saw a great, like, the Raiders' defense in week one was, I think, just better than we all expected them to be. 
Like, they were making plays. They were stopping the Ravens' offense. The Ravens really couldn't get a whole lot going outside of a few big plays. But with that being said, uh, Big Ben, off on. Juju, I just don't. Juju's probably going to be the wide receiver that I feel the least confident playing week in and week out. Just because of the way that his role has changed in this offense and because he's now this short depth of target guy and because of the fact that he's now playing essentially third fiddle to Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool who have much higher upside week to week. Deontay being the more steady, just ready to rock wide receiver and Chase Claypool being the big play guy. Like Juju Smith-Schuster to me fits that mold of Tyler Boyd. Uh, just for a comparison, if you really do, if you were to compare offenses, that's really how I see this Steelers offense shaking out this season. Our next game, speaking of Tyler Boyd, let's talk about the Bengals and the Chicago Bears. No injuries to report for either side. Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins in your starting lineup. Joe Burrow, like I'm really thinking about this because like my initial thought for Burrow is okay. The Bears just gave up 300 yards and three touchdowns to Matt Stafford. Could Joe Burrow put up numbers here versus Chicago? But this game is at Chicago. I'm not sure where I feel about Burrow yet at this point of the year. We'll kind of wait and see if you need to start. Like if Joe Burrow is your quarterback, then he's your quarterback. You're going to be starting him, right? I'm just saying if you're a guy that's let, that likes to stream quarterbacks, you might be able to find a better option than Joe Burrow in this matchup. And to me, I'm not going to play Tyler Boyd here. Uh, just simply put, it looks like the pecking order for this offense is going to be Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, and then Tyler Boyd, I think. Like, I just... Knowing how the game last week went with Minnesota, how the game went into overtime, and you still saw Tyler Boyd's stat line at the end of the game and were disappointed by it when you had great games from Jamar Chase and T. Higgins... Maybe the ball just didn't bounce his way in that matchup, but there is cause there is cause for concern for me for Tyler Boyd. I'm not off him season long. I think it's just kind of too early to tell where his actual value is going to be for you this fantasy season after only one game. Going over to the Chicago Bears now, no injuries to report. David Montgomery, who is incredible week one, is going to be in your starting lineup, as always. And so is Allen Robinson. I know Robinson struggled, but he still had, I believe, 11 targets in week one. Just unfortunately, just didn't make a whole lot of big plays with those targets and had limited receptions as well. Again, that Rams defense is incredible, so it's not too surprising. And with Darnell Mooney, I'm, I'm sitting Mooney in this matchup. Again, he's just another one of those breakout guys that we need to wait and see what happens before we are comfortable putting him in our lineup. If you are in a deeper league and you need to take a shot on a guy, to be honest, we're going to be talking about Darnell Mooney in just a little bit at the end of this video, so be sure to stick around for the end of that. Let's talk about the Houston Texans traveling to Cleveland, taking on the Cleveland Browns. No injuries to report for either side. I lied. Odell Beckham has already been ruled out for this game with that knee injury coming off of the torn ACL. Before the Houston Texans, Brandon Cooks in your stride on the lineup every single week as the number one option for this team. Mark Ingram is the running back that I'm going to lean on. And the simple reason why is because I'm not going to try and argue with 26, with 26 carries. There is... Yes, David Johnson was involved. Yes, Philip Lindsay was also involved. But the man had 26 carries at the age of 31. So unless their plan, I'm sorry, if the Texans' plan this year is to just run Mark Ingram into dust, then we're going to start Mark Ingram 
if we have to. Um, I don't. Obviously, you're not going to start him as your running back one or two. But if you can squeeze him in at your flex, I think I think you can do worse. I'm going to be honest. So I like Ingram in this matchup against the Browns. Uh, I'm sitting David Johnson, sitting Philip Lindsay. They just didn't get enough work and really relied on a touchdown to boost up their totals from last week. And Tyrod Taylor, I just like. Obviously, we just saw what Tyrod did last week to the Jags, but I feel like you probably have a better option at the quarterback position uh, versus the Brown or uh, yeah versus the Browns. But now that I'm thinking about this, and I'm actually like thinking about this out loud, like the only reason why I don't like starting Tyrod is simply like the lack of weapons around him. But what watching what Tyrod did last week against the Jags. And remembering what the Browns just gave up to Patrick Mahomes, and like that's kind of the difference here now. Is like, is the Browns defense or is the Browns secondary bad, or is Patrick Mahomes just god? Like that's kind of where I'm at right now, just trying to decide where I'm at with Tyrod. Again, you probably have better options, but if you want to take a real just dart throw, Tyrod's probably the guy to take the dart throw on this week versus Cleveland. Going over to the Browns now, Chubb. Hunt, Landry, inner starting lineup. Austin Hooper should not be on your roster. Please get a different tight end. And Baker Mayfield, I am not really willing to start against this uh, Houston Texans defense. It's not that the Houston Texans defense is almighty. It's just the fact that the Browns are probably going to jump out ahead early on in this game and then just proceed to run the ball over and over with their two running backs. And Baker Mayfield should have a very limited fantasy per performance this week. Let's go to my squad now, the New Orleans Saints taking on my Carolina Panthers. No injuries to report for either side. Jameis, I'm up and starting. Alvin Kamara, I'm obviously up and starting. And honestly, the difference between Jameis Winston and Tyrod Taylor, even though these two guys both lack weapons, is the fact that I know that Jameis Winston, regardless of the matchup, is going to throw for 250, three touchdowns, and two picks. And that is fantasy numbers that I can bank on, and I have no issue starting Jameis going forward, really at all. And, like, I never had a problem. Once, once New Orleans said Jameis was going to be their quarterback, there was a league where I dropped my quarterback and I picked up Jameis, and I started Jameis week one. Uh, you just understand that this is a Jameis Winston experience where you're guaranteed production, even if there are two stupid turnovers that come along with it. Marquez Callaway didn't show me enough. Deontay Harris just had one big touchdown. Adam Troutman didn't show me enough. Juwan Johnson, very similar uh, to Zach Pascal. If you had to start Juwan Johnson, who somebody in my league who's facing me actually is, it feels like that you're going to be chasing points. And as a result, you're probably going to get burned because Juwan Johnson is their backup tight end who just very fortunately caught two touchdowns on three receptions. You do the math on that of the probability of that happening once again. Going over to the Panthers now, McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson should be in your starting lineup. Terrace Marshall, I talked about this at the end of my week one recap. Marshall to me had six targets. He actually had more targets than Robbie Anderson. Uh, only had three receptions for like 26 yards, but he just had a few drops. And you really wonder what would happen if he had you know, made the plays that he was supposed to make, if we would be talking about him differently. So with that being said, if you're in a deeper league, I'm fine with starting Marshall. I felt like he just saw enough work and just didn't make the plays that he needed to last week versus the Jets and with versus the Saints defense and the team that is going to be scoring some points in this matchup. I really think that, that, that the Panthers are going to need Terrace Marshall to step up and make plays if they want to have a shot in this game. Sam Darnold. Um, Darnold's going to be like just this fringe guy. If I'm streaming quarterbacks this year, Darnold's probably going to be the one that I lean into most 
Um, and that, that is because I know he has the weapons. And specifically, he has Christian McCaffrey. And here's what I mean. Again, I watched that I watched that Jets Panthers game last week every single snap because it's my squad, obviously, and I was really curious to know what Sam Darnold will be this year. And it just felt like every single time a play broke down, Sam Darnold calmed down, relaxed, and just checked it off to Christian McCaffrey. And if that is the case, I mean you are looking at just what you are just looking at somebody who has an elite safety blanket. Right, that can make plays, that can get in the end zone off of those broken plays. And just Arnold's always going to be able to have these weapons around him all year long to where he's not going to be the one that has to make the plays. His supporting cast is, but they're all talented enough to actually boost Sam Arnold's floor every single week. And so if, just, if you're looking for a guy to start on like a, on like a whim or a bye week or in a quarterback injury, I'm looking at Donald first, just depending on the matchup and just really just the overall cast of weapons. Donald should be consideration should be in consideration as a streaming option every single week. Now let's go to the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Arizona Cardinals. No injuries report for either side for uh, Minnesota. Dalvin, JJ, and Thielen all up in your lineup per usual. I'm not going to start Kirk Cousins here. And I'm not going to start KJ Osborne. I just want to see it a little bit more from Osborne. Is he going to see the same kind of target share that he saw in week one? Let's just kind of wait and see and see how this Vikings offense develops with their lack of tight end. But if that is the case, um, if you're in a deeper league, KJ Osborne should be a guy that you're looking at. And if you actually have a spot to pick him up now, if he's still available in your league, that might be worth a look at doing just to kind of get him a week early before a big breakout potentially happens here. Going to the Arizona Cardinals now, Kyler, Chase Edmonds, and DeAndre Hopkins in your starting lineup. I'm still hesitant on starting Christian Kirk, even after the big game that he had in week one versus Tennessee. Again, it feels like that you're going to be chasing points and uh, you're going to be chasing points and touchdowns there. I don't love it. It worries me. Rondale Moore, I'm not going to start either. AJ Green, no thank you. And with James Conner, like James Conner, yes, he had 16 carries. He just didn't do a whole lot with it. And if you ever start James Conner, in this offense, to me, you are relying on the fact that he's going to be getting in the end zone. Could it happen in this matchup? Absolutely. It could probably happen every single matchup, knowing what this offense is capable of if it's fully unlocked. But is that a risk that you want to take in this match? That's up to you. To be honest, that's very much up to you. I'm just not a big proponent of starting running backs in timeshares and especially if they are going to be like the goal line back and the, their value comes from getting in the end zone just that's just not a fun position to put yourself in on a week-to-week -week basis and actually while we're here i want to call time out i want to talk about my week one approach can i actually flip screens here we're going to do that or my, i'm sorry my, my week my week two approach so let's talk about this it's week two you are either 1-0 or 0-1. The way that I've explained this in the past, and I've actually done a whole video on it, it's called How to Guarantee Yourself to Make the Fantasy Playoffs Every Single Year. I'll link to it either above or in the description down below. Please be sure to check that out. It's a video I made last year, and I actually intended to remake it this year, but the point still stands and the math still works. Basically, I break the year up into, is it quadrants? Yes, I break the year up. No, is it one, two? No, I break the year up into thirds. It's weeks one through four. It's weeks five through eight. 
and then it's 9 through 13. And now with a 14th regular season game added, if depending on if your league does that, where that third chunk is going to be a bit larger than the first two. Anyways, here's how the match checks out. Basically, before we added this this additional game into our fantasy season, you had to go nine and four to make the fantasy playoffs on average. It was pretty. It, pre, if you were nine and four, you're pretty much in. So the way that the math worked was for every four weeks, you get one loss. So in the first four weeks, you had to go three and one. In the second four weeks, three and one. In the third four four weeks, you would actually get the additional game, so you would have to go four and one. But now you may notice that's only three total losses, which means you have one loss to just use at any point in the year. Maybe you're in bye week hell. Maybe half your starting lineup is injured, whatever. Maybe you just laid an egg one week, right? You have one additional loss to burn. If you're 0-1, you can either do this. You can win the next three and still come out 3-1, and one, or you can drop one more game. And then that's and but then at that point you've burned you've burned your additional loss and burning your additional loss in week one or week two honestly sucks but just know that if that is the case you're still not dead there is a way out we know what the math looks like and then it just kind of has to change our approach for the following weeks maybe we take more risk maybe uh, maybe we have to play it safe just depending on what our matchups look like but just keep that in the back of your head nine and four. And at this point, it, I'm actually leaning more towards 10 and 4. I, I just would like to have that additional win on my side. Uh, but we don't have the data yet to fully back that up because we're so accustomed to the 13 games. What way does that 14th go? I would rather go 10 and 4 than 9 and 5. So just take that into consideration when trying to plan your lineup and how you're trying to structure your fantasy season going forward. Anyways, back to what we're talking about here. Uh, that's what I got for the Cardinals, and that's what I got for the Minnesota Vikings. Whoops, wrong one again. Da, da, da. All right. Let's go to the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Tampa Buccaneers. No injuries to report, to report for either side. For Atlanta, I'm still starting Mike Davis. I'm starting Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. I'm not starting Matt Ryan. I'm not starting Russell Gage. The goose egg from Russell Gage actually broke my soul. I, have, I don't think I've ever been more disappointed in a single fantasy football performance than the one that we got from Russell Gage in week one, which means he's bound to go off in week two, right? I don't know. It, it, it just it is what it is. This offense did not look good against the Eagles, and I don't have a whole lot of confidence in it outside of the guys who I know are going to see either targets or going to see uh, who are going to see the ball on the ground, that being Mike Davis. So Davis, Ridley Pitts, these are going to be the Falcons players that I'm most confident starting in pretty much going forward for the rest of the year, unless something changes with Russell Gage. Going over to the Bucks, you see the screen and you already know, start everybody. Brady, Rojo, Fournette, Evans, Godwin, Brown, Gronk, all of them. At this point, we just know what this offense is. Yes, Ronald Jones burned you in week one. I expect this game to go very differently for him, actually. Um, I think that Tampa Bay jumps out to a pretty early lead, naturally, and they're just going to get the ball to Rojo over and over again in the second half. Um, I know a few guys that I know personally are, panic on, are panicking on Rojo. I'm not starting this week against the Falcons. I don't think you'll be disappointed. 
let's go to the Titans and the Seahawks. This is actually a really fun game too, because this is the game where I get to say, start everybody. Tannehill, Henry, AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Gerald Everett. Everybody should be in your starting lineup from this game. Why? Because these are two offenses that know how to put points on the board. Yes, Tennessee looks so fucking confused in week one. I don't think that's going to happen again. I would be floored if that happened again because this team has too much talent on it offensively to fail like that two weeks in a row. So start everybody for this game. We already know what the Seahawks offense is capable of. No concerns on either side. And this is very funny. This is the week of just start everybody. I think there's like five or six teams where I'm just like, yeah, put your feet up, put them all in your lineup and relax and watch the fantasy points roll on in. Up next, another game, literally another game, essentially of start everybody for Dallas taking on the Los Angeles Chargers in LA. Dak, Zeke, Amari, CeeDee Lamb, Gallup, Throw them in your lineup. Uh, the only reason why I'm not starting Dalton Schwartz or Blake Jarwin is simply because, again, trying to start a tight end that is in a two-tight end system feels like a really bad idea because tight ends are already hard to come by with value as is, and then you throw another one in the mix, and it's just like, oh, this is really awkward and unfortunate when the other tight end is seeing the work that your tight end should be getting. Going over to the Chargers, Herbert, Eckler, Williams, uh, Keenan Allen, Jared Cook in your lineup. Just do it. And the reason why I'm higher on Jared Cook in this matchup is because we just saw what Gronk did to this Cowboys defense going for two touchdowns and I think it was 92 yards through the air. So, yeah, do it. And through the air, I mean receiving yards, not like passing yards. Anyways, that's fine. Let's go to the Sunday night game, which, holy hell. <laughs> when I was putting this together and I saw... Chiefs Ravens and I realized oh yeah that's right it's the, it's the Ravens home opener because this was a big game that everybody circled once the schedule came out and it this is oh that's not even updated is it oops my bad uh let's do this on the spot cool nice so for the Chiefs you know the deal Patrick Clyde Tyreek Kelsey in your lineup, we stay away from Mikul Hardman at all cost. For the Ravens, no injuries. Hang on, why, I didn't update that, that's my bad. We got sloppy here towards the end, it's fine, we'll finish out strong. For the Ravens, no injuries to report. Lamar Jackson in your lineup, Mark Andrews in your lineup. I actually saw a lot from Tyson Williams where I'm like, oh, okay, I feel confident starting him every single week. So that's cool. Marquise Brown I'm in on. The Sammy Watkins revenge game I'm in on. Uh, simply put, the first team to 50 points wins. And I hope that is the case. This game I project to be a shootout. Baltimore struggled kind of offensively in that first game uh, Monday night versus the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they bounce back in a big way here. And this game should be a whole lot of fucking fun. I'm really excited about this. Fantasy points galore. Let's make it a good one. And then lastly, we wrap out Monday night with the Green Bay Packers traveling to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions for Green Bay. Just it's bounce back season. Rodgers in your lineup, we're not going to panic there. Aaron Jones in your lineup, obviously. Devontae Adams in your lineup, as always. And Robert Tunyon, I'm still not going to go away from just ball didn't go his way. And it really didn't go anybody's way for Green Bay in week one as I get the break speed off them by New Orleans. I'm not panicking. This game, like the Packers legitimately can't, can't, 
could hang 45 on Detroit with ease in this matchup. But going over to Detroit, I'm starting both running backs. I'm starting TJ Hawkinson. I'm staying away from the wide receivers. I'm staying away from Jared Goff, and that's it. Why? Because this team made it very, very clear that no matter what happens in this game, in a game throughout the course of the year, they are going to be using DeAndre Swift heavily, Jamal Williams heavily, and Hawkinson. Like Those three guys are the offense. All wide receivers be damned, and that's going to make the Lions a chaotic mess this year for fantasy, but so much fun if you have one of those three players. But I think that's going to do it for this matchup. But actually, let's flip to this. If you actually want to stick around here, let's flip this. There we go. Wait, 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 wait. Move my camera. There we go. My good friend just started this Twitter account called First TD Bets. And if you don't know what this means, basically, if you are on DraftKings, if you are on FanDuel or BetMGM, there's, I guess really it's any uh, sports betting website, you will have the option to gamble on who scores the first touchdown. And these are the kind of bets that get me riled because the odds are crazy. And also, it's just so exhilarating to even have the potential of winning something as insane as this. To me, this is on par when I bet NBA and I do something like, who wins tip-off? Does the game go into overtime? Who scores first? Uh, first team to 20. These are the kind of bets that I really enjoy. So I'm teaming up with him. This, I mean, honestly, it's going to be this year where he's going to send me his favorite bets for the week. I'm going to promote them a bit over on the channel so be sure to give him a follow on twitter at first td bets and here are his week two picks part one we're only going to focus on these names here real quick and we'll kind of we'll kind of do a brief explanation why we got dan arnold who is plus four thousand over on bet mgm uh dan arnold uh, tight end for the Panthers and I'm sure the reasoning behind this I haven't talked to him but I'm kind of just piecing this together as it's all coming around uh, we just saw what the um, actually I lied excuse me so Dan Arnold plus 4,000 the reason why that this is going to be a potentially huge payout is because Dan Arnold being the seemingly fifth option for the Carolina Panthers, like he's always going to be a long shot. And to me, that makes him a great play, especially if you're just putting a few bucks down. Because if you hit in that long shot, and we know that the Panthers brought him in to be this red zone threat, you're going to make a shit ton of money back. Dan Arnold, I, I would assume, is going to be one of his favorite selections every single week. Darnell Mooney facing the uh, Cincinnati Bengals this week. We saw the struggle happen in week one. But the bounce back for Darnell Mooney could be huge this week he's one of the things that i mentioned earlier in this in this preview where i was like we're going to talk about him a bit later this is where we talk about him he's plus 1800 over on FanDuel. i mean holy hell like you talk about somebody who is the number two the number two option in this offense being at plus 1800 and who who is somebody who projects to have a big bounce back week donald mooney's probably my favorite one on this list to be honest with you uh we got donovan peoples jones uh plus two or, i'm sorry plus 2,500 over on BetMGM. And this is very simply because Odell is out. Like, Donovan Peoples-Jones realistically becomes the number two receiving option in Cleveland with, with the absence of Odell Beckham. And with a very bad Texans defense that still turned uh, 
Trevor Lawrence over twice. Like they still gave up, gave up three. Uh, I'm sorry, they still gave up 300 yards. Was it 300? Anyways, they still gave up three touchdowns to Trevor Lawrence. They gave up at least 275 yards passing to T. Lore as well, and DPB. I'm, I'm sorry, DPJ. Excuse me. Could find the end zone here, and at plus 2,500. I mean, we do expect Cleveland to win this game pretty heavily and jump out to that early lead, like I was saying. DPJ could be a big part of that. And then Trevor Lawrence just getting in the end zone on his own. To be honest, I don't hate it, right? If they, there's a situation here. Um, who? Wait, I'm sorry. Who are they facing again? Hang on. Hang on. This is one of those things where it's like I just covered six, uh, 15 games all in a row. Who are the Jacks playing this week? Ah, it's Denver. Yeah, I don't like I don't like this one as much. So, and there's a reason why he's plus three thousand uh, because it's that Denver defense. But if there is this weird scenario where they get to the goal line, uh, we just saw that they don't trust James Robinson, and they have Carlos Hyde, which pu. So if that is the case, Trevor Lawrence may find his way in for a QB sneak for plus three thousand over there on DraftKings. That's an interesting one. I don't like it. If I had to rank these, I like Mooney as my first option. Dan Arnold as my second, DPJ as my third, and Trevor Lawrence as my fourth. So thank you so much, Jared, over at First TD Bets. Go ahead and give him a follow on Twitter. It's going to be so much fun. I'm basically everything that everything that he says to do. I'm probably going to throw my, my I'm probably going to throw some coin on my favorite picks. So I, I I'm probably going to do Darnold and Mooney, uh, to be honest. So that, those are two guys that I like this week. But that is going to do it for our week two preview. If you enjoyed, be sure to hit that like button down below. Subscribe so you never miss an episode from me, a weekly preview, a weekly recap, any other fun videos I decide to do, up th uh, I decide to do throughout the course of the year. Man, we are stumbling over the goal line. We are now going for 41 minutes. I said we'd try and get out of here in 30. It's fine, I wanted a little bit longer. It is all right. Also, last thing, join that Facebook group down below where you're going to get some insider fantasy football advice, access to me, a community of other people who want to win their leagues just as badly as you. It's going to be one hell of a time. I'm going to get up out of here. Thank you so much for watching. Remember, people come and go, but fantasy championships are forever, and I will see you in the next video. Best of luck in week two.